Hi, I'm Jason. And I'm Scott. Welcome to Skipped On Shuffle, a podcast where we delve into an overlooked song by a popular artist. This episode, we're taking a look at the Annie Lennox song, Legend in My Living Room, from her 1992 solo debut album, Diva. Welcome back to Skipped On Shuffle. Um, yeah, today we're doing Annie Lennox, which is exciting for, for both of us because we're both huge Annie Lennox fans. Um, and, uh, you know, we're going to get into this in a little bit when we start talking about her history. But, uh, you know, she was formerly a member of a band called Eurythmics uh, that had a string of hits in the 80s, um, you know, especially with Sweet Dreams. And uh, but uh, act- it's kind of interesting that both of us were not really so so big with the with the Eurythmics like we like Eurythmics but we're not like we're much bigger Annie Lennox fans than Eurythmics fans yeah we, we we were both talking beforehand and it's like we we have Eurythmics greatest hits and I've never felt the need to yeah to, to, to listen to much more than that yeah um I mean I I I enjoy them I like the hits yeah uh but there's just something about solo Annie Lennox that I I, I mean even though some of the songs have the same kind of sound and she still uses, you know, synths and, you know, d- makes that kind of has no problem using kind of electronics and making kind of these in- interesting atmospheres that I feel like you you still associate with with the rhythmics. There is just some other unknown element and maybe maybe we'll figure out what that is. Yeah, maybe, as we, as we, yeah, yeah, as as we, we go or, or maybe we're just like, I don't know, her voice is great and. I'm not as distracted by maybe, maybe, maybe <laughs> something else going on in, yeah. in, in the eurythmic stuff. No, it's funny. It's funny because with the eurythmics, um, they they did a um, when they when they reunited, um, they did a VH1 storytellers thing, and they um, they did a, a a version of of one of their bigger hits, uh, "Here Comes the Rain Again," and it was released on this collection of VH1s. Um, storyteller stuff like it had like a song from you know yep, major yep. artists who had done this thing and I picked that up from a record store you know years ago and um, and I remember loving the Here Comes the Rain Again version on this storyteller it's acoustic based and um, and I said to myself like oh I should get more into Eurythmics because I really like this song and, and then I was already an Annie Lennox fan but I was like ah oh, you know let me check this out so um, so I, I did and I checked out the Eurythmics and, and I was like I like this this is good but then I realized that the reason that I liked the version of Here comes the rain again is because it was just an, a, a guitar and Annie Lennox. Yeah, like yeah, it was, yeah. it was like, I was like, Oh no, I'd still just really like Annie Lennox. Like, <laughs> like once, you know, once, once Dave Stewart, the other, you know, the other guy in Eurythmics, once he gets in there and starts making production or whatever, he, you like, you're right. He does tend to, you know, push, there, there, there's a lot in there. Yeah. yeah he yeah. tends to push the music as well as Annie Lennox's voice. And, uh, but yeah, but no, I'm, I'm a much bigger fan of when Annie Lennox is like front and center. And, uh, and that's, that's where we're going to focus on this episode today. gets into music at a pretty early age kind of learning a few different instruments but she really gets her start as a singer 
uh, in a band called The Tourists. This is over um, in the UK. Um, she's Scottish, but most of the, the early successes is in, in the UK and, and touring in Britain. Um, so she's in this band called The Tourists, this pop band. It's here where she meets Dave Stewart, who she would go on to form the Eurythmics with um, and have a string of hits. And I'm sure you've heard a, a ton of these songs. Um, they're an electronic kind of synth pop band. Um, as Scott mentioned, Here Comes the Rain Again was one of their big hits. Uh, sisters are doing it for themselves. And of course, I'm sure you've heard Sweet Dreams Are Made of This. Sweet dreams are made of this. So through the 80s, the Eurythmics are hugely popular in the UK and also in, in the United States. Um, and the band just kind of fizzles out. We'll, you know, maybe get into that when we do a, a Eurythmics episode. Um, so I don't want to, to get too much into that. But basically, um, her and Dave Stewart decide to, to split um, and no longer carry on careers together. And Annie Lennox ends up embarking out on her own. Um, this is in the early 90s. So she has her solo debut album, which is Diva, that comes out in 1992. Um, that's where the song Legend in My Living Room comes from that we're talking about today. Um, but that album is a huge album. I mean, it's huge. Like, it can't be overemphasized how huge this record is. I mean, it was huge. The video for Walking on Broken Glass uh, was huge, uh, you know, because she, I mean, those of you who don't really know Annie Lennox, she, she has a very definitive look to her that makes her so iconic. I mean, you know, her cropped hair, really short, her kind of like androgynous thing. She's kind of like, she's almost like a female David Bowie, which is kind of bizarre to say because, you know, Bowie is kind of androgynous too but like she's she's got this like very distinctive look to her that makes her so I don't know, interesting to look at. And so when, she, you know, in, in the early 90s and late 80s, you know, this is when MTV was like just becoming a big thing. So a huge part of her success was based on the fact that she just looks so weird, you know? Yeah, she's, it made her incredibly recognizable. Yeah, totally. So, um, so yeah, the, the video for Walking on Broken Glass uh, is, is, is a huge success. And then this album got nominated for multiple Grammy Awards um, and lots of hit singles on it. I mean, this was a huge, huge record. And um, I think at the time it was bigger than any of the the Eurythmics albums had ever been. So it was like, she really, I mean, in a way, she kind of used the Eurythmics success to launch her own solo career and her solo career became more popular than, than Eurythmics ever were. Mm. And you mentioned a lot about, um, um, you know, her look and using um, that to her advantage, which um, she ended up releasing a string of videos, basically almost nearly every song on this album has a video that yeah. accompanied it. Um, you know, they're not all like, Amazing videos, but basically, you know, enough to put into some kind of MTV rotation at the time. Um, so definitely embarking on a solo career in an interesting way by um, making sure she would be successful, especially in like a visual medium, um, which is uh, important to mention here because she doesn't tour behind Diva. Right. Um, she, she, you know, plays like these promotional things. She did like an MTV Unplugged, um, but there's not like this big tour and push out there for her to kind of 
get her name any further out there in, in, in that capacity. Right. Um, which is just c- kind of strange for someone going out on, on a solo record who wants to, you know, make sure that they carry on their career. It's almost like she's just like, I, I want to do this. I- I'm definitely into it, but I don't need to do any more than I necessarily feel like with this. And, right. you know, I've, I've been playing and touring for you know, like a decade like, I, I don't want to do that right now. Right. I'm just going to do this album. It's also notable, and, and we're going to talk about this later when we get more into, like, who Annie Lennox is. But um, but it's also notable that, like, you know, she didn't, like, if you look at the album cover, it's a picture of her face um, taken taken from uh, uh, either, either a, a photo shoot related to or actually at the shoot for the Walking on Broken Glass video. And in, in small type at the top of the thing, it just says Annie Lennox, and then it says the album's name Diva. So, like, it wasn't Annie Lennox of the Eurythmics or, or you know, whatever she wasn't trying to like she was already so huge and so iconic that she could just put her name on there and be like this is it and the album still sold well sold better mm. than any rhythmic stuff so it's like she i mean i'm sure i this is this is the, the early 90s we're talking about here so i i'm sure that there was some record executive at some point was like you know is a is a woman from a band that you know that oh, nobody knows her name like is she going to be successful like can she do this or whatever and she was you know no yeah we're gonna just put my name on there and yep. that's it and yep. and, and uh, oh well like it oh <laughs> woman sold some records you know like so uh so yeah i think it's it's really interesting how how successful this album was and it probably i mean I, we didn't really find any information or at least i didn't find any information about uh how unexpected it might have been that this was so big but i, I have a feeling like this was i'm sure it was bigger than they, bigger than they i'm sure they thought it, this this will be you know yeah. successful right but, but yeah it, this, this was huge and so um so yeah so after diva comes out then we move on to the second record which is called medusa released three years later in 1995 and it was even bigger like this album was huge and it was unfortunate uh that it was just it was all cover songs like there was no original yeah i mean i don't know if unfortunate unfortunate is probably not the right word yeah yeah. yeah. but it's interesting yeah that you know your sophomore release is covers and interestingly enough covers of all male singers yeah totally like i've been listening it's funny we we've both we both yeah no that surprised we've been listening to this album for for what over (laughs) over a decade now uh, uh, more than that um and um yeah no i had no idea every single track on this all covers album is is a male artist and she uh, that that can't be a coincidence like she clearly must have you know done that on purpose Mm. yeah so i mean it's it's a fantastic album and i mean even though it's a covers album it very much showcases her voice and the the kind of her her style um everything from you know neil young to to bob marley to al green i mean there there's there's a a, a wide variety of different yeah. artists on here um but the album sounds incredibly cohesive it's totally cohesive and um some of the tracks especially like uh the neil young one um you know t- c- crazy different from the original you know version um you know much more synth heavy stuff you know especially for neil young who's mm, yeah. much more guitar based you know um and pulls it all together like really well and i think very um very authentic, you know, like it's, it's not just her making cover songs because she's like, this will be a quick buck, you know, like, you know, I don't have to write any of the material. I can just take these songs that are already popular and and do them again. Like it wasn't like that. Like these are clearly, you know, very thoughtfully reinvented songs where you can tell like she loves these songs. Like these are not songs. Some, some record producer was like, Hey, you should cover this song because it might be a big hit. Like she was like, no, like I'm doing, you know, you know, she didn't do like, you know, um, 
uh, super famous songs from super famous people on the whole thing. There's a there's a cover of a, a song by a band called the Blue Nile, which is a very culty kind of underground band from the 80s and 90s. And so and you know and that was a, a big hit for her and you know very interesting covers album. I feel like covers albums tend to get just kind of like swept under the rug because they're just like not really seen as part of the artist's canon. But I feel like with Medusa, an exception has to be yeah, made. This one, this, yeah, this one, this one's is, different. This is, this is like, this is a true Annie Lennox solo album that just happens to not have any of her songs on it. So in 2003, um, a rather large gap. In 2003, she comes out with Bear, um, which is another album of original material. So eight years pass between Medusa and Bear. Um, a lot of that is her attention to family and other things. Um, we'll, we'll talk about this a bit more later, but she does a lot of humanitarian work and um, raising awareness for HIV AIDS. Um, she does all kinds of philanthropic things um, and was also raising kids at the time. And I mean, that's basically the reason behind a lot of her decision to just be like, okay, I'll just kind of casually put out music when I feel like it. And I don't feel the need to, to tour behind it and, and, you know, be away because I, I've, I'm assuming she feels like I, I've put in the work. I have enough money. I'm not worried about it. You know, <laughs> yeah, I'm not I, at I, all concerned. About yeah. It. She did the legwork in the Eurythmics time and she, she achieved a lot and she, you know, did a lot. I'm sure that was very stressful and, and tough, you know, being on the road all the time and being in a band like Eurythmics must've been huge, uh, a huge burden on her in a lot of ways. So yeah, she like, you know, she's earned it. She's like, yeah, oh, I'm yeah. just going to put out the record. And if, if I feel like doing some shows, I'll do some and if not, whatever. Like she's like, it's a lucky thing to be in. So whatever, that's what I'm going to do. So Bear comes out, um, it's a very personal record, kind of a breakup album. She was kind of coming out of this long um, marriage at the time. Um, so, I mean, you could certainly hear that all over that record, basically. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's pretty, pr- pretty clear. Um, so behind that record, um, she actually tours for the first time as a solo artist. Um, she calls the tour solo tour and, <laughs> and, you know, takes her songs out on the road for, um, I guess we could call it kind of the, the first time in that, yeah. you know, kind of format. So, you know, in- interesting to think about somebody spending so much time away from performing on the stage. And I mean, if you watch any clips of Annie Lennox, even just the, you know, one-off shows she does, I mean, she's just incredible yeah like it's yeah it's like i I don't have to get warmed up or or, you know it's just like i i just walk out and yeah i'm incredible and that's (laughs) and that's it yeah um, yeah, and Bear had some, uh, also, it, it got a lot of critical acclaim, um, got nominated for some major awards, including Grammy Awards, uh, had a big hit on it, um, called, uh, Pavement Cracks. I'm going nowhere and I'm ten steps back, all my dreams have fallen
may not have heard Pavement Cracks before, but um, it was it was a pretty popular song on on the specific radio formats that uh, that played it. And uh, yeah, so she did a bunch of stuff, and that was a big record for her. And it was you know seen as a return to form for her from um, you know from right you know from releasing an album of only covers. And uh, yeah, and then uh, relatively soon after that, she releases her fourth solo record called Songs of Mass Destruction, which uh, unfortunately did not do as well. Um, uh, it kind of uh, she was doing it more as like a like a protest kind of record. The, the songs on it are very politically charged, and uh, she kind of mixed in her like humanitarian efforts as well as her music efforts. And I think it kind of suffered. I think that her success, I think, as a solo artist, kind of rests on her like personal you know, very deep personal material coming across. And, and I think with, with songs of mass destruction, because she kind of took that personality out of it and put in this political activism. Um, I think it kind of suffered. Uh, it's still a good record. Uh, had a, a really good song on it that I enjoyed called, uh, dark road. also had a uh, a song where i think like 20 to 30 female artists all got together and did like a you know like a we are the world kind of thing where it's like all these women together you know playing and singing this song um you know interesting stuff but it wasn't you know as as impactful as as her previous work and then she comes out with a christmas album <laughs> <laughs> so in, in 2010 she has a christmas album and then in uh 2014 um has a another interesting collection um i don't know if it's as i i i don't think it's as good as medusa but it is as as interesting and eclectic in the the songs she chooses where it's basically these um blues soul songs di- di- different genres of stuff that jazz uh, of things she enjoyed listening to like growing up and yeah and um there's you know everything from I put a spell on you to I, I it's it, it, it's it's worth it's worth a listen. It's definitely worth a listen. Um, but it definitely I don't know. It kind of it kind of signifies her. I mean, she's you know she's getting on in the years now. She's an old older woman, and I think that the the nostalgia of the album is kind of. I don't know. It, it to me seems it, like she's like it feels, it very feels, settled. It feels different to come out with a covers album in the nineties. Yeah, when it's your second album versus like it feels more like I'm I'm playing it safe now. Yeah, I mean this is the album that feels a little bit more like I, I could just do this and it would be yeah. you know, easy. And I and I do love these songs, um, but it just doesn't feel doesn't have that same that like same energy or yeah. something there, there's there's something missing that that makes it so that it's not quite as enjoyable but like you said it's still good and it's still got some interesting stuff on there and it's still very creative you know very doing some very interesting things with uh, you know many of the songs we've heard a gazillion times because they're from like the 40s and like you yeah. know we've had decades to get used to them but still giving a fresh twist to some of them so um like you said, definitely nostalgia. Uh, the 2014 album is definitely worth a listen, but you know, is it is it anything compared to something like Medusa or Diva? Probably not. But you know, it's, it's still pretty good. Um, yeah, but let's uh, let's swing back. So we're gonna go back to uh, to 1992 and talk about this uh, first solo album, Diva, with this terrific, terrific song on it, "Legend in My Living Room." We 
hope you're enjoying this episode of Skipped on Shuffle. Right about now, in most podcasts, you'd be hearing an ad for something, uh, but we are trying to keep Skipped on Shuffle ad-free, and the way we're going to be able to do that is through Patreon. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash skippedonshuffle. Any donations go to support the costs associated with running this podcast. Okay, so Diva, as we mentioned, huge album, uh, Walking on Broken Glass, Why, um, Cold, Precious, you've probably heard all of those, maybe, yeah. maybe some of the, um, so so this album is, is a huge album. Um, one of the reasons we chose it is uh, not only is it a great album, but it's also an interesting album because... Um, here we have Annie Lennox doing her first solo album and a lot of these songs are about, um, independence and going out on your own or ballads about, um, you know, reflecting on how hard change can be or getting out of a, a difficult relationship and basically moving on with your life, which, you know, leaving, um, Eurythmics and and parting ways, uh, working with Dave Stewart, you can kind of draw some of those those parallels here, where you know working very closely with someone for a decade and then suddenly being like, can, can I do this on my own? Do I even want to be doing this? And um, I I think you know with someone like Annie Lennox, certainly um, throughout this album, there's the confidence of uh, of course I can you know do, do this. I, I don't need anybody. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that Annie Lennox is, is definitely a, a very, you know, fiery independent person. And, uh, and that comes across on this record big time. You know, uh, we should mention that, uh, unlike with the Eurythmics where, um, uh, almost all the major songs that the Eurythmics did were co-written together with Annie Lennox and, um, and Dave Stewart, uh, this album is predominantly written just by her. Like this is, you know, like you said, like this is really her venturing off on her own in so many ways. And uh, there are two tracks on here that are, aren't uh, written solely by her. And in fact, Legend in My Living Room is is one of those songs that she had a, a collaboration with a guy. I'm probably going to pronounce his last name wrong. Peter John Vitesse or Vitesse. Or, I don't know. I can't. I don't yep. remember. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, but she she co-wrote this song with 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 this uh, with this songwriter. And, um, you know, uh, but predominantly the, the, the music on diva is all Annie Lennox. And, and that's a big deal because like, you know, when you have a co-writer that you've been working with for a long time, it can be really pretty nerve wracking, you know, like you could question yourself and be like, Oh, like, uh, you know, the Eurythmics had like all these huge hits. Like were those huge hits so huge because of Dave, like uh, because of his songwriting, because of his production or whatever, or were they huge because of, you know, our collaboration together? In other words, like, will I be able to be good on my own? You know, like that's kind of the overarching question of, of this record. And like you said, you know, she's like, yeah, like I'm going to be able to do this, but there's a couple songs on here where she's kind of like, Oh no, you know, maybe I'm not so good. Or maybe I'm kind of, this is scary, like venturing out on my own and doing my own thing. So, um, yeah, I, I think, I think the whole album has this like very, um, positive, 
uh, feeling to it, but also kind of like a, uh, I don't know, like a, a, like maybe a mystery or, or a little bit of a nervousness about going off and, and being your own person fully in your, not only in your life, but also in your career. Legend in my living room was surprisingly low to me for on 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 the iTunes chart. It's 123, and as we mentioned, Annie Lennox doesn't have a really robust catalog of, of songs. Um, you know, only six albums, and you know, some some songs that appear on soundtracks and and other places. So on iTunes, 144 of her songs are available, roughly. And this song is 123. Yeah, it's like... Off this monstrous album. You think that just by default, like if people buy the whole record... Then then that song song will just move up. Yeah, (laughs) but it's like people are only buying like basics and they just don't know this one or something. I don't know. Yeah, so we were surprised to see the song uh, so low. So that's that's partly why we felt this this certainly qualifies. This is on shuffle But... I mean, this is a cool song. This is this like powerful thumping soul track um, that Annie Lennox just sings the hell out of. Yeah. Um, so it, it's this basically the story of um, this young girl basically um, running away from home to basically follow her dreams. So, you know, not not that complicated uh, of a story. And then in the last verse, you know, like re- reality hits and it's like, oh, everything's not as like glorious and easy as it may seem. Um, so while this isn't exactly the story of Annie Lennox, um, Annie Lennox did start um, getting into music quite young. She was in a place called the Royal Academy of Music in uh, London this very prestigious music school, you know, when we think of, you know, music schools in America, we think of places like Juilliard and Berkeley, Berkeley. And, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and stuff like that. So this is kind of, you know, that level of music. And um, she's playing flute and piano and harpsichord um, and basically kind of not really finding herself enjoying it. Um it seems like her professors are like, she's, you know, this really great person, um, very talented, but doesn't really seem to, to, you know, be finding her, her place here. Yeah. Um, you know, which is interesting because just considering, you know, Annie Lennox is known as a singer more than, um, as, as, you know, playing, you know, any, any kind of instrument. Um, so it's kind of fascinating, uh, thinking about the, this song in that context of being like, you know, possibly her enrolling in the school, going there, thinking like, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this amazing thing. I'm going to this prestigious place and then finding out it's not, you know, what, what I imagined. Um, so I think her kind of possibly putting it in a more general context of, you know, what would be the equivalent of, you know, some, some actress basically, you know, packing up her things in a small town and, you know, heading out to, to Hollywood to, to, you know, make it big. Right. It's, it's kind of in, in, in that vein. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we, we were, you mentioned, you mentioned the term soul song. Like it, it definitely has like that soul vibe to it. And, uh, Annie Lennox is, is, 
in a lot of ways, she's, she's a soul singer, you know, like I think, uh, you know, casual music listeners who maybe know her name and know maybe some of the bigger Eurythmics hits or, and maybe a couple of her hits, uh, you know, her solo hits, they might think of her as kind of like a pop icon, you know, like, like almost like uh, this may sound, sound weird to say, but almost like a, a like a Madonna, you know, mm. like, yeah. You know, and, and it's easy to say that kind of came up at the same time. They had the same, like, kind of like in your face kind of look or whatever. Um, but really like when it comes right down to it, she's, she's a very soulful singer, uh, certainly more of an actual singer than somebody like Madonna. And, um, yeah. And this song kind of has that like classic soul vibe to it. You know, even like the, the basic story, you know, like, or, or like the lyrics to the song start off when I, I was just 17. I ran away from home to be with all the pretty people to be on my own, you know, and then it goes on uh, bright lights and trains and bedsit stains and pavements paved with gold. You know, this is like a very like soulful track, you know, and um, it's, it's, it's interesting that people don't really think of her as as like a soul singer. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's partly why, you know, this might be kind of skipped on shuffle where you're just like, whoa, what's what's this? I'm used to, you know, I'm used to like the pop songs and the ballads and yeah. and this is kind of like a little bit, you know, more more intense um, of a song. But it's a song that's like a lot of fun because um, I find myself, you know, kind of like drumming along to it. And, you know, <laughs> and um, the chorus is kind of interesting because it kind of stops and has this like, have mercy, have mercy upon me. Yeah. Um, which is interesting because uh, I found myself in in uh, kind of taking a closer listen, knowing we were doing this episode, to thinking about how many Annie Lennox songs are almost like prayers, mm. um, you yeah. know, or 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 wishes for herself. Um, so it's interesting that you know it, it's not always this blatant of you know like the the the. Um, have mercy yeah um but i mean and there's I'll, kind of like there's kind of like a gospel singer yeah, choir yeah. thing in the background when they you know have mercy yeah. you know yeah so um yeah it was just kind of interesting um because uh for a lot of yeah her songs it's kind of coming to terms with uh change mm. and i i think a lot of the time she like has this really hopeful message of being you know, optimistic about it. And I think there's that quality in the song where even, you know, the, the first verse is all about like, you know, I'm, I'm pumped up. I'm Packing optimistic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the, the second verse is like, Oh, reality is kind of setting in. And then by the third, it's kind of like bitter and cynical, but not in a bad way. It's just like, okay, I'm going to accept this. Is yeah. Like, it's more like a realization. Is, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, like, okay, this is how it is. This is where I'm at. That's fine. I'll, I'll, you know, the, 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 couple of final lines is, um, but I've shed my tears in bitter drops until the thorn trees bloomed to take the spiky fruit to crown myself, the queen of doom. Yeah. Where, <laughs> where it's, it's very dark, but also just like, okay, I guess this is the role that I, you know, I, I was born to to play or the, the person I was meant to be. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, like, you know, uh, I mean, this is, this is a classic motif of a young person leaving home to go find themselves and figure out who they are and, you know, venture out into the big bad world. And, you know, I'm not going to take any advice. I'm not going to listen to anybody. I'm just going to follow my heart and my dreams, whatever, you know, classic motif. There's a million movies, million songs that all have this basic thing. Um, but yeah, but you know, I think what we're, what we're seeing here is, is, is at the end, Annie Lennox is kind of like being like, I did find myself. Like, this is what I, yeah, found. Yeah. You, know, <laughs> you know, this is, this is what I found. And, 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 and I should, shouldn't fight that. You know, I should, I should accept that. Like, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit cynical. I'm a little bit, you know, on the darker side of things. Um, you know, I've gone through some pain, I've seen some stuff and whatever. Um, and, and I think that's cool. You know, it's, it's, I think it, it'd be 
it'd be less interesting of a track and less interesting of a story if, if, if at the end of it, she was like, now I'm the queen, you know, now yeah, I'm the big, yeah, yeah. I'm the big bad girl and I do it all. Or if it was the other way, if it was like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm in the, the gutter and I'm the worst and yeah. everyone hates me. You know, which, yeah. Which I mean, ties into this, this idea of diva, which, you know, calling the album that is kind of a joke for her. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Cause she's a very grounded down to earth person where, um, you know, so much of her image has has been kind of being playful, yeah. Like playing a lot with you know perceptions and androgyny, and, and, and yeah, gender yeah, and yeah, yeah. And um, you know, I think this this song kind of comments on that a little bit of um, yeah, this idea of well, well, this is this is kind of who I am, and I'm fine with it, and I can I can joke around about kind of the character that I've I've made for myself if if we can call it a character. Yeah, I I'd say I'd say that that's totally true. And um I, I think it's interesting also that um this isn't the only track on on Diva that kind of has this motif. You know, there's also uh, Little Bird, which was one of uh, one of the singles from this record, which was also fairly fairly popular. Um and that also has like a similar like, you know, this this little bird is getting out of that mm. nest and and you know, it's like going off on my own, I'm doing my own thing and and also has kind of like that um you know, uh, not all endings are super happy, super positive, but you know, that's real, you know, kind of, kind of motif. Too. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that I like about, um, most of Annie Lennox's music and, and even this is even some of the sadder songs like why, um, aren't necessarily like blaming or, um, really like holding on to like any kind of resentment. Um, it's very much just kind of this accepting this acceptance, I, I think is kind of the, the best way to, to put kind of how, how her music sounds and feels. Usually at this point in a uh, skipped on shuffle episode, we we give our personal connections to to the to the music, to the song, to to the record, you know, whatever. And uh, usually Jason and I, before the episode, we discuss. We say like, you know, what are you going to say? What am I going to say? What are we going to talk about? So we both have an idea of like where the conversation is going to go. And uh, with this one, we decided we both agreed <laughs> that we had the exact same kind of thing to talk about. So um, we both just like not only do we love Annie Lennox's music and, and, and just, you know, think it's just very musically, uh, deep and, and, uh, you know, with, with terrific production and some really creative, eclectic things going on. We both just really have like a deep personal connection to her as a, as not only a person, but also as a music icon. Like I, I, I think there's, there's very, there's, I, I don't know if I could think of a female, you know, music, music artists that I respect more than Annie Lennox. Like, I feel like she is just so strong and so powerful and such an icon of just of compassion and, and generosity and, and badassery, you know, yeah. and just like everything. I mean, I feel like, like if, if we were all like Annie Lennox, everything would be okay. <laughs> <you know? laughs> yeah. I mean, she does so much and it's partly, um, explains why, um, you know, she's released so little material from, you know, so her, her solo career essentially started in 1992. So over 
26 years you know she only has like six albums and, and the reason and, and, and three and, of those yeah. are, are are not her material yeah, yeah. and and i mean the and 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 the reason for that is because yeah she's out making the world a better place yeah. i mean we, we it, it would take at least 20 minutes or a half hour just to list off you know <laughs> all all the things that she you know is involved in and does but i mean she um raises a ton of money and awareness um, for all sorts of issues from HIV AIDS, poverty, uh, poverty, just basically everything you can think of. Um, and you know, has raised money through touring and, um, you know, playing, playing one-off shows or just, you know, making appearances places. Um, we're just basically being very giving of, um, her time and, and, you know, lending her talents to, um, these, these greater things that, you know, mean a lot more than a career in music does. Yeah. And, and she does it boldly too. Um, there's a photograph of her, um, uh, well, there's several photographs of her cause she did this a lot, but she, uh, she wears this, this t-shirt. Uh, it's just a black shirt with white lettering on the front and it says HIV positive. And she's not HIV positive. She's, you know, she doesn't have HIV or anything. But, but the, the meaning of the shirt is that she's, she's, you know, empathetic and 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 positive about like, you know, that we're gonna find, you know, cures for HIV. That we're gonna work hard and we're gonna get the HIV crisis in Africa. It's gonna get under control and all this other stuff. And like, you know, you can just imagine like a a a, a, a prosperous woman wearing this T-shirt that just says HIV positive on it. Like that's that's pretty badass. Like, you know, could, could I, let's get Kim. Kardashian Kardashian to wear yeah. an HIV positive t-shirt, you know? Um, and, and so she's just very, you know, uh, bold, you know, just, just right there in it, you know, like it, it, Amy Lennox is not the type of person that's just going to like donate a million dollars to some sort of charity. Like she's going to, to Africa. Like she's going to the impoverished nation. She's, she's in there with her hands in the dirt, working hard to like get, you know, to get things moving, you know, and she knows she's Annie Lennox, you know, she's, she's like, she's a huge icon for so many people. And, uh, you know, if, if, if you're a, a young woman and maybe a musician or an artist of some kind, and you see Annie Lennox, like in Africa, you know, getting right in it and you say to yourself wow like that's really empowering like that's you know that's something that I want to try and be you know I want to be not only a great musician a great artist but I want to be that kind of that kind of compassionate it's just it's just incredible yeah and I mean even long before that just uh we mentioned you know the kind of androgyny um just being like an icon for like the LGBTQ community yeah by basically being like here's this woman who doesn't feel the need to play by the rules and doesn't, you know, have to answer to anyone. She can just, you know, dress how she wants, be who she wants to be unapologetically. Um, and I mean, even just the the inspiration for, you know, millions of people just for those those choices that she makes yeah uh, i i i mean there's <laughs> yeah there, I mean, there's no end to the great things yeah, we can say about this woman it's really hard i mean like and and not once i mean i have i've i can't i can't think of a time i mean obviously i'm sure there are problems that you know that that she's faced and maybe like media pr relations kind of thing but i can't think of a time where i've seen like a scandal you mm, know involved yeah. with annie lennox where she's done something bad or she said something wrong or she's you know pushed her image too far or or or, or, you know, to, to, to be kind of punny, but like, you know, been a, been a diva, you yeah, know, like yeah. been, been like, you know, like a kicking somebody of her out of her dressing room because she didn't get her brown M&Ms or whatever, <laughs> you know, like, 
like that that just doesn't happen. I feel like I feel like Annie Lennox is the kind of person that, you know, behind the scenes she's she's just Annie Lennox. Like the person that we're revering, the person that we're looking, you know, up to and thinking like, wow, what an amazing person. That that is who she is. Like she's not manufacturing this image to be, you know, why would she need to do that? Like yeah, why yeah. like what would be the benefit for like being like, I'm gonna manufacture myself as being this awesome person, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not really gonna be that person. Like, why would you do that? You know, so I think that, you know, I don't know. I feel like Amy Lennox could be um, and I hope is, you know, a hero for, for so many people and especially young women who need, you know, somebody to look up to that is a well-rounded, creative, compassionate, you know, artistically um, uh, secure person who's just like powerful in so many ways. I mean, I, you know, I don't have any kids. I don't have a daughter or anything, but if I did, like, I would definitely be like sneaking some Annie Lennox to her, <laughs> you know, at an early age being like, you should probably listen to this woman. She's, she's pretty cool. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Skipped on Shuffle. Be sure to visit our webpage at skippedonshuffle.com where we have a blog and links to our social media Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and also a YouTube page where we perform the songs that we discuss in these episodes. We are trying our best to keep Skipped on Shuffle a ad-free podcast. So if you are interested in helping to support that, please visit our Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash skipped on shuffle. Any donations that come there could go straight to keeping uh, Skipped on Shuffle a ad-free experience and go straight to paying for the various costs that are associated with running this podcast.